In this episode of the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast, we're going to start with a trifling, trifling incident, but I'm going to bring it forward and make it relevant for your work today. Girl, he reads from these journals he kept when he was a principal, uncut and uncensored, putting all his business in the street. The podcast, Bless His Heart. The name, Ken Williams. Why in the hell would this staff member send an email informing teachers that they could not give kids with IEPs and EIP students, these are students who receive extra help and support to master content, A's or B's? Let me repeat that. Why the hell would this staff member send an email informing teachers that they could not give kids with IEPs and students receiving EIP services, A's or B's. Why would she send such an email without consulting me? She sent this asinine email to everyone except me. The irony of it all. Anyway, one person brought it to my attention and it required that I send a retraction. But what if that one person on this large staff did not make me aware of this? How much else goes on that I'm not aware of? I made a commitment not to make these episodes long, but baby, I could go on about this for an hour, but I won't. So... First things first, the trifling email sent by this staff member who's got a position of influence. She is definitely one of the folks who had ridiculous power before I arrived. You listen to last week's episode, we talked about the power principle and the power structure that existed before my arrival as principal. She was definitely part of that. I think that's part of what uh, gave her the the auda- the balls to send an email like that. But I also believe she could see what was coming down the pike because ironically, my ass was left off that email list. So man, I mean, years later, I still shudder to think what might have happened if no one brought it to my attention. I think that speaks some to the general malaise of the culture. You know, they were just used to trifling ass decisions like that happening and just moving forward with it because only it's a large school, almost 700 students. And yet only one staff member brought it to my attention. Anyway, I definitely issued retraction of that. And I'm not going to make this episode about grading policies because I'm not a grading expert. It's just not my lane. However, I do have some big picture thoughts about grading and its place in mission. Now, this decision was obviously inequity at its finest. Fixed mindset at its best. And it's trifling, man. I mean, it's just it's just trifling. But as promised in the intro, I want to bring it forward and make elements of this relevant to our work now. And I'm going to do that by saying this. While I'm not going to make this again about a specific grading practice. I caution every school 
while they engage in the work of equity and engage in the work of ensuring students master essential learning outcomes, not to let grading get in the way of greatness. Don't let grading get in the way of greatness. And it's more than grading. It's just that grading made for a nice alliteration there, grading and greatness. But what I'm really talking about is the value you attach to it. I often hear comments about um, calibrating uh, grading to reflect how much help a student needed in mastering content. And that's where we get into this dangerous area Rick DeFore, God rest his soul, taught us about years ago, and that is our obsession with ranking, sorting, and selecting students. We've gotta be really careful about that. So I'm gonna offer you a couple of big picture things to consider as we move forward. First of all, there are lots of schools of thought around grading common formative assessments. And for me, what's more important than anything is leveraging those CFAs to ensure mastery of essentials and improving teacher efficacy in the process. As a leader, I place little emphasis, especially at the elementary level, on who finished first and fastest or weighing who needed how much support to get there. You know, like, uh, you know, uh, calibrating the final grades because a student needed more support than another student. That's where we kind of get into this conversation about, well, it's not fair to Jody because she didn't need any help and Roscoe needed more help. Well, in this setting, we're not looking to award first and fastest. All we should care about is if both Jody and Roscoe have mastered the content. Did they both demonstrate mastery? So I think of mastery of essentials as I think of uh, like a driver's test. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If if I fail it the first... By the way, I, I passed my driving test the first time. But if I fail it the first three times before mastering the test, and then on my fourth attempt, you know, I master it beautifully, so much so that they record... Uh, me parallel parking and use it for their instructional videos and you on the other hand master it at your first attempt we both leave the department of motor vehicles that same day with the same license yours isn't better it isn't ranked higher regarded as a larger accomplishment so i would caution you about getting too caught up in ranking and weighing the path to mastery and instead focused on the ultimate outcome which is wait for it mastery of essential learning outcomes. Traditional practices are way too rooted into ranking and sorting students. And I'm not a researcher, I'm a practitioner. A lot of what I learn regarding policies and practices happens when I take the same policies and try to apply uh, those policies with teachers. That's how I learn a lot. So consider this. Teachers are expected to execute a specific uh, set of high level best practices. You have one teacher who masters it after feedback from three walkthroughs done within a month. 
another teacher masters it just based on the whole staff professional learning session that you had. Now, in the end, both of them have mastered this high leverage best practice, right? So after two months, both these teachers have demonstrated mastery. Either can be regarded as a model for this high leverage best practice. Now, fast forward a little and imagine having the entire staff together where you celebrate this progress publicly. And in recognizing both these teachers for their progress, you explained how mastery of this practice is weighted. That more value is placed on the teacher who got it after the PD session than the teacher who got it after three different informal walkthroughs and feedback. How would this impact the morale at your school? <laughs> what would you expect the mood to be immediately when you make that announcement at the meeting? And I'm betting that it would be the last time you spend time waiting the path to mastery for teachers. And I know we use words like, you know, it's, it's fair or unfair, but that belies a misalignment of mission in my opinion. If this was a contest where there needed to be a winner and a loser, and I am all about those kinds of like consequential competition, I'm a big sports fan, I want there to be a winner and I want there to be a loser. This is not a everybody gets a trophy uh, podcast session. What I'm saying is in the learning environment, in this environment, in the environment of K-12 schools, it's not about who finishes first and fastest, it's about mastery. Ranking doesn't have a place here. Fair or unfair does not enter my mind because all I care about and celebrate is mastery of the standard. Nothing more, nothing less. And I work hard to build that culture on my staff that some students need very little support and others need more support is more testament of us meeting the needs of students when they need it with urgency, which is what equity is all about. It, it's more testament of our collective pursuit of mission and mastery, not an issue to rank, sort, select, and score with students. This is just food for thought because I know a lot of schools are doing some great work with common formative assessments and I don't want you to get bogged down with trying to figure out uh, whose assessment score should be worth more based on the support they need. On the next episode of the Unfold the Soul, bless his heart, leadership podcast. Man, the unfiltered joy that kids bring is just amazing. Uh, bestowed upon me was the greatest inappropriate compliment I've ever, ever received. Thank you again for listening to this podcast. Please share it with a teammate, a colleague, or a friend. And always remember that no matter what's going on in our world, when you wake up on the right side of dirt, you playing with house money, baby. You playing with house money. You've been listening to the Unfold the Soul Bless His Heart podcast with Ken Williams. For more information about Ken, visit unfoldthesoul.com.